So let's take video games. Our students are on these video games. You know, for my generation, it was like, stay off the games. Are you kidding? Get them on the games. And we have academic esports. We're able to take that passion, that energy of playing, and pathway it into our STEM, STEAM program. When you look at video gaming, you're talking about coding. You're talking about broadcasting business opportunities, innovation. And we want to empower our students, not just to play, but play to learn, play to create. So we're now looking at those areas like video gaming, gamification, and helping students to learn a different way around academics. Welcome to The Restless Ones. I'm Jonathan Strickland. As you may know, I've spent the last 15 years covering technology and learning how it works, demystifying everything from massive parallel processing to advanced robotics, and everything in between. Yet, it's the conversations with some of the most forward-thinking leaders, those at the intersection of technology and business, that fascinate me the most. Dr. Robbie Melton is a pioneer when it comes to applying technological solutions to enhance education. She's been evaluating emerging technologies for more than two decades, meaning she has seen incredible transformation in the tech space, from the emergence of Web 2.0 to the adoption of the smartphone and beyond. And it became clear in my conversation with her that whenever any development in tech hits her radar, she's immediately evaluating it for its potential role in education. Dr. Robbie Melton is clearly a restless one. She has endless amounts of energy and enthusiasm. She's also the first esports leader I've had on this show. It's not often you get to sit down with an educator and administrator who also has a certification in esports. I knew that our conversation was going to be lively and cover a ton of material. There is a long history of educators finding novel ways to leverage technology for the purposes of teaching others. And Robbie didn't disappoint me. But before we jumped into all of that, I wanted to know how she got started with using tech in education. I did not expect her answer to take me back to my own childhood days in the arcade. I want to welcome you to the show, Robbie. Welcome to The Restless Ones. And welcome to you, too. <laughs> this is uh, exciting for me for multiple reasons. I'm a huge lover of technology. I'm also the son of two educators, including a college professor. So this is a topic that is near and dear to my heart. Oh, you're talking to the right person because I am what they used to say long time ago, geeked out and ready to go because technology <laughs> is amazing. I agree. And I, I wanted to learn more about your journey what specifically drew you toward that particular field? In my journey, I started out as a special education teacher. And I mm -hmm. always tried to look for tools that would help students to learn. So beyond the internet, way in the yesteryears of the 1970s, I kept searching for tools and lo and behold, there was a little game called Pac-Man. And I said, I can use that game 
to enhance teaching and learning. So all you all know Pac-Man, it helped with eye-hand coordination, it helped with attention span, and it was fun. That started my journey in technology, and I kept looking for those tools that would help all of our students. That is an incredible story. And the amazing thing about the internet was giving so much access to information that otherwise you would just never even know existed. What were some of the things that when they happened, you were thinking, this is a sea change? In the area of mobile education, the fact that you could carry around that device that would give you access to the entire world. I mean, you're carrying it in your pocket. That was a revolution to me. The fact that you could just type in a question, your thoughts, what if, and you could now get information back from all over the world. So with that revolution of having access at any time, any place, anywhere, that's a miracle for education. Moving forward, the next big step is what I call connectivity. We know it as smart. I mean, all of a sudden, I have smart shoes. How about smart clothing, smart utensil? We now have artificial intelligence. We have AI. We have the ability now to look at whether it's teaching, learning, workforce, and put it online all over so we can grow and learn from each other. You've touched on so much that we love to talk about on this show just in that statement because so many different technologies have to converge to make that example possible, right? We have the concept of miniaturization with sensors and the ability to pair those sensors with some form of transmitter so that you have the connectivity. We have to have the underlying infrastructure to enable that connectivity. And with the advent of 5G, we now have this amazing ability to do that at a level that's faster with less latency, which opens up incredible opportunities for the application of technologies that in the past you would have to have massive cables connecting the tech to whatever compute system, the edge computing that's required in order to do that processing very close to where you're doing the computing. All of these elements had to come together and I'm always fascinated by that. And the thing that inspires me is not that technology, but the possibilities that technology enables, particularly in the field of education. How do you stay up to date with what is going on in technology so that you are educated yourself. Technology is about learning. Every day there's a new innovation that can make a change with teaching and learning. So Jonathan, I'm ready to hear, to explore, and to try new technology. Ten years ago, I saw some technology where you can order a pizza, a pizza, without saying anything, without pointing, just using your eyes. Ten years ago. Well, guess what, everyone? Domino has that technology. So my job is to go where no educator has gone before (laughs) and to look at the future 
and say, okay, how can this help teaching and learning and workforce development? Every day I'm excited about the possibilities to come. Well, to that end, you know, saying that's your job in that you're evaluating technologies and you're looking at ways where they can be leveraged into education. Can you talk a bit more specifically about your role and how that manifests? Very good. So as you know, you have technology that's current, your traditional technology, the internet. However, when I'm able to meet with whether it's people, companies, and see that there's something new that will enhance teaching and learning. I'm able to do pilots. I'm able to get a group of people from all stakeholders to say, let's look at this new connected device of, and I'm going to just give a teachable moment, of smart Shoes. Hmm, smart shoes. Mm -hmm. What are we talking about? Well, look at smart shoes where it is providing on time data of how I'm walking, when I'm walking, as well as if you're in physical therapy, do I have to make adjustments in those shoes? That means we have the technology where I put on my shoes and if I'm in therapy, my therapist could be in Alaska and I'm here in Nashville and she can make adjustments to say, hey, Robbie, I noticed that you didn't walk today because my shoes snitched on me. Can you imagine? (laughs) I use that as a teachable moment to let people know how technology can change so that they're not afraid of telemedicine, telehealth, and telelearning. On average, how many of these sort of pilot programs are running throughout a year? We have innovations coming in at all time. We're able to look, filter, and say, this might have potential, and then have teams to then pilot And then, of course, we collaborate with universities, organizations across the globe. Amazing. So another topic I definitely want to talk to you about is mixed reality. I feel like technologies, particularly like 5G connectivity, which enables the ability to have an untethered experience with mixed reality. So you're not trapped to a PC. I feel like that opens up entirely new opportunities, particularly in the world of immersive learning. Could you talk to us a bit about the use of mixed reality when it comes to education? That is the silver bullet in education, immersive learning. For the first time in the history of mankind, we can take education from a passive level Move it not only to an active, but you are in the education. Instead of sitting and reading a book, we can put you in the book. And not only in the book, you can then manipulate. You can create. You are there. And with immersive learning, in terms of learning retention, in terms of comprehension, in terms of creativity. I mean, you're talking about 
a world where you're studying history. You can go back. You can see. You can hear. You can talk. And what we're seeing right now is just the tip of the iceberg. Right now, you're immersed in there, but what's coming, you'll be able to not only touch while you're in immersive technology, but you're talking about the odors and all of that. Do you know what that would do to education? If I want to go to the Grand Canyon, guess what? I put on my goggles. And by the way, you know, they are going to change. They're going to be as simple as you wearing glasses or contact lenses. Mm -hmm. And you're able to go into the Grand Canyon and you can see all around you. You can touch, you can feel, you can smell. This is an amazing revolution for education. I always go a little crazy when I start thinking about those applications and think about how I would have applied them back when I was in school. And I think about things like being able to virtually visit locations that are separated by distance and time. And not only that, but with this ability to have an interconnected experience. So it's not just one-on-one. I could be put there with my fellow classmates, with the professor, and to be able to have an interactive experience, you get away, as you say, from that passive mode of education where you're reading and you're going to lectures and you're trying to associate these ideas with something more concrete. On top of all that, it is potentially a way of giving people who would otherwise have absolutely no ability to experience these things, that capability. Obviously, the digital divide is still something we have to address. It's still an issue. But this having the tools there is one step closer to being able to address that disparity. Is the digital divide something that you yourself focus on in your work? Of course, we're talking about the world where internet is still impossible. Just think, if you're able to access the internet and someone cannot, You are now light years ahead of that person when it comes to education and the workforce. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our digital workforce today requires you to have these basic digital literacies. When I travel around, I immediately address that through my networks and with the educational global networks of saying We now have to provide Wi-Fi, internet, and now we already have the tools and the content. Conventional thinking says you have to pay more to get more. I want the world. But T-Mobile for Business uses unconventional thinking to deliver premium benefits for better ROI. From customized 5G solutions to 360 support, we help you reach your business goals right now. I want it now. Innovating to improve business today and tomorrow. That's unconventional thinking from T-Mobile for Business. Capable device required. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain plan or features. See T-Mobile.com. Being able to level up everybody is absolutely critical. And we've seen it in person for the last couple of years. The pandemic obviously shifted things so dramatically where the need for remote access 
basic tools for us to be able to continue education or to continue our work. That became evident. And to see stories about children having to go hang out in a parking lot so that they could tap into the Wi-Fi of a nearby business just so that they could continue their education. It really does illustrate how that connectivity is, that's like the foundation that everything else is built upon. If you don't have that piece, nothing else works. And not only that, without that piece, you are now impacting your own career and workforce. Again, today you're talking about a digital workforce all across the globe. And if you do not have access to the network, and again, I'm saying up-to-date networks, that's where all of the connectivity comes in. You can't have immersive learning without 5G networks coming in. But here's some good news. I'm a good news person. Mm-hmm. Upon access, we have open education globally, where regardless of where you are, you can access free information from pre-K all the way to lifelong learning. Mm -hmm. And once that piece is in place, so many other opportunities open up. I'm also curious, are there any technologies that have emerged over your time in, in working in this space that particularly surprised you or excited you? Something that came along and just the light bulb came on over your head? Yes. Okay. I love this. There's an app called Sign For Me. Now, I'm a special educator and I can sign, read Braille, whatever. With the app sign for me it allows you to speak and guess what you see a person signing while you're speaking do you know the impact of that you mean to tell me I have my phone that I'm carrying all around and I can now speak and you can see sign language you know Jonathan I cried I cried Because that opened up a whole world for a group of people who have been cut off. Mm -hmm. And so it's that type of technology, that type of creativity, innovation, that you would never know how it will change a life. You already invoked the spirit of Star Trek earlier with educators where none have gone before. And the signing app sounds an awful lot like the promise of the universal translator, which again is something that we're starting to see emerge thanks to connectivity, to machine learning, to voice recognition, things that are were just a few years ago, incredibly, incredibly hard. And now we're starting to see apps that tap into that amazing technology and capability and be able to do things like provide real-time translation between people who do not share a common language. One thing that I definitely want to talk to you about, Robbie, is that in this process of evaluating technologies and determining how they might be leveraged in the educational field, obviously a big part of that is establishing relationships with tech companies. And I'm curious about what your process is. So the process is this. We look at our needs in terms of being prepared digitally. We then outline a plan and we approach various companies to see what support. And that support can be in terms of tools, devices, training, 
and opportunities, whether it's internships, apprenticeships. So I'm going to use a current situation in which a collaborative of the historically Black colleges and universities, known as HBCUs, went to Apple with a proposal saying, as a collective, we need the tools as well as the training to prepare us for the digital workplace. On behalf of Apple, they were able to support us with everyone can code and everyone can create because coding is now a skill that we all must have. So with that support, we strategically laid out a five-year plan. And each year, we identify at least 20 of our HBCUs that will go through intensive training. Today, we have 44 who have received the tools, the training, and now designing mobile apps to help with college, school, community challenges where they design apps. When immersive learning first started out, and remember, they came out with the goggles and where you can use your phone. Samsung was able to give us the tools, train us, and here's where we have to invest. And all educators, listen up. We then have to take our content and be ready to remix, reuse, reinvent what we know and blend it in and take advantage of these new opportunities. So that's our process. Mm -hmm. We know our problems. We go to the companies. We sit down and say, how can your product assist us in solving? We come up with a strategic plan and then we rock and roll. We're ready to research, pilot, give feedback, help them to help us as we're both growing and learning together. So it becomes the symbiotic relationship, right? Yes. Where you're getting the benefit, where you're trying to apply it to education. In return, it's almost like you're doing a QA test for outlying applications of these technologies and perhaps even provide information to these companies that they had not uh, thought about when they were developing the tools we have to have companies that's willing to say, you know what? We didn't think of that because remember, we are the educators. And again, mm -hmm. they can provide us with the knowledge and let's go into the future. Okay, I'd like to shift gears a little bit to a topic that I'm really excited about, which is computer games and their potential role in education. I saw that you're a certified esports leader. What is an esports leader and how does that apply to what you do? Someone who can look at gaming and understand you can game to learn or learn to game. So let's take video games. Yes. You know, our students are on these video games. And, you know, for my generation, it was like, stay off the games. Are you kidding? Get them on mm -hmm. the games. And we have academic esports. We're able to take that passion, that energy of playing, and pathway it into our STEAM program. Mm -hmm. When you look at video gaming, you're talking about coding. You're talking about broadcasting, 
business opportunities, innovation. And we want to empower our students, not just to play, but play to learn, play to create. So we're now looking at those areas like video gaming, gamification, and helping students to learn a different way around academics. I could go on for hours about the Venn diagram between education and gaming, because I think there's way more overlap than what a lot of people imagine. The game I always think of, and I think it's even used as a symbol for an esports leader, is Minecraft. And for those of you who aren't aware, Minecraft is a phenomenal game. You might think of it as playing with virtual building blocks, but you can actually code devices within the game itself. You can build physical circuits in that game. The people who are masters with Minecraft, they blow my mind with their creations. And speaking of blowing one's mind, what's a technology that's available today that you wish you had had access to back when you were in school? How about the iPad? The (laughs) iPad is really an educational tool long time ago that was called a communication board. The iPad and the apps are built on solid education concepts going all the way back to Dewey, Montessori. Have you ever noticed children using the iPad and they're touching, they're thinking, they're touching, and when they get bored or tired, they move on to a higher level. It's a tool that allows creativity and most importantly, how to think, problem solving. So I wished I had that tool. Ah, I hear you. And it's always phenomenal to me. Apple did such an amazing job at designing Mm -hmm. their user interface in such a way that was intuitive, where you can hand one of those devices off to a child with no, no instruction. And within moments, they'll be doing things you didn't even know that device could do. Before I let Dr. Melton go, I had to ask her one more thing. What advice do you have for any educators who are listening, particularly those who are uncertain or they they don't feel confident about evaluating tech and incorporating it into education? All right, here we go. There are enough of us out there in Internet space to send back messages to other educators Here are some tools that can enhance teaching and learning. Immersive learning is something that every educator must try out. And when you try it, then I want you to think, what if? What if I can design my math lessons within immersive technology where my students are able to manipulate problem solve in a virtual or augmented environment. What if is what I want to leave all educators with. You have in your hands the tools to reach not only our planet, but another planet. What if you could take your students to a place where they can actually be there and interact with your content? It's a dream for me. When that has become commonplace, I'm going to be enrolling in a lot more classes so that I can experience it. I I love learning and I love journeying to new destinations that otherwise I could never visit. 
The beauty of learning something new, and I make it my model every day, every day, I learn something new, not just from the internet, but from life, from people, and even discussion. You have enhanced my life today in this conversation of just sharing the opportunities and the possibilities of what technology can do for education. That motivates me. Mm. Dr. Robbie Melton, thank you so much for joining our show. This was a real pleasure. And life is good. I find Robbie's work to be truly inspiring. I've known lots of teachers, some of them my own teachers, who took initiative in finding ways to incorporate technology into lessons. I'm a bit too old to have benefited from the emergence of the World Wide Web, and technologies like mixed reality were in their infancy back in my school days. But to see what is possible today and all the various ways that we can use tech to tap into student imaginations and understanding, that is beyond exciting to me. That's something I think is amazing about tech in general, and 5G tech in particular. See, when I was in school, it sometimes felt like there was a hurdle I had to get over to really understand a lesson. And often I felt that the only way over that hurdle was to read and reread the same chapter of a textbook. And if I were lucky, something would click. But technology today opens up the possibility of immersing students into a subject in a way that is much more intuitive. It creates the opportunity for students to make connections to the material, which is always going to be more powerful than memorizing a date or learning your multiplication tables. Beyond education, however, we can see these technologies are transforming everything around us, including how we do business. And I feel that if more leaders would ask the questions that Dr. Robbie Melton asks, you know, the what ifs, then we would see even more rapid innovation. What if this app could give me real-time analytics on my business? Or what if I could monitor autonomous heavy equipment from across the world with low latency? These are questions that are becoming more common, and we're seeing more technologies enabled by the incredible connectivity of 5G bring us those answers. Thanks again to Robbie Melton for joining the show. And be sure to check back for more conversations with leaders who are using tech to bring the possible into reality. I'll see you then. T-Mobile for Business knows companies want more than a one-size-fits-all approach to support. I want the world. So we provide 360 support customized to your business from discovery through post-deployment. You'll get a dedicated account team and expertise from solutions engineers and industry advisors already right now. I want it now. 360 support that's customized for your success. That's unconventional thinking from T-Mobile for Business. 